Hey everyone, it's Mac, and welcome back to Master of a Few, the podcast where the curious mind meets too much time. Welcome to November. We have gotten past Halloween now, and maybe, maybe I can be okay with the fact that people keep playing Christmas music. I might be able to get behind that now. Um, not entirely, though, because I still think that it should wait until after Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving's a holiday, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm not bitter about it. Anyway, confession time. It's not Friday. It's Thursday. But I am recording this now because, one, I'm procrastinating on doing other things that I need to do, because I don't want to do them. And, two, because... I usually forget on Fridays until fairly later in the afternoon, and I don't really want to do that. And three, because this is a topic now that I've been, that I kind of decided to do, frankly, after my counseling session on Tuesday. And I got excited about it, and I finally wrote the poem that I wanted to write about it. So, time to do the podcast. So today's segment, if you couldn't, if you couldn't, if, mm, that wasn't words, if you couldn't tell from the title, is going to be about dysphoria. This is something that, um, whenever I say it, or I tell someone, if they ask me, like, why you don't look, why I don't look super great one day, and I'm like, eh, dysphoria, don't feel great. And nobody quite knows what I mean. So, this is going to be me explaining what that means for me. Which leads me to my disclaimer. I am one single trans person, so this is my experience. I am not speaking for all trans people, because not all trans people experience dysphoria at all. Some don't, some do, some experience dysphoria about some things and not others, some experience it at different times and different degrees, all that. Each person has their own experience, but this will be my experience. So, for me... Whenever I try to explain dysphoria, it's really hard, because we don't have words to describe exactly how it feels. Because if you haven't noticed, the English language kind of falls short when it comes to explaining pain. We don't have very good words for it at all. So you end up with just metaphors. Um... So I've been trying to come up with a good metaphor, and I had two that I would use. And if you've talked to me, I may have even said them on this podcast before, I don't know. But if you've talked to me about dysphoria before, I've used these two metaphors to describe it. One of which being, imagine you wake up one morning, go to your closet, and go to pick out your clothes, and every single thing in your drawers in your closet is either five sizes too big or five sizes too small but that's all you have to wear and you have to go out in public and you don't have a choice that kind of nothing fits right nothing feels right everybody's staring at you and knows something's wrong kind of feeling and that that can be how it feels if uh say i'm not binding one day that can be how that feels it's just like some there's just it, mm, it's just there's something not right people are staring at me they know something's wrong then the other one i've used before is that feeling 
if you're a student, you will really understand this. Imagine you walk into a class and the, your professor or your teacher walks in and the first thing they say is, all right, let's turn in those papers. And it turns out that there was a 10 page research paper due and you had no idea it was even assigned. That sinking feeling in your stomach, that feeling that you just, you're, you just want to disappear type feeling, that can be how it feels when somebody, say, uses the wrong name for me or uses the wrong pronouns. It's like a punch in the stomach and I just feel like I don't, oh, I just don't want to exist in that space anymore. And those have been metaphors that I've used in the past, but they don't quite, they don't quite do it justice. Um, so I was explaining to my counselor some of my more recent issues surrounding my trans identity because we have both noticed that over the past couple years as I've gotten more and more comfortable with my trans identity my dysphoria has actually gotten worse because now I am comfortable with who I am I know who I am I know the name I want to be called I know the pronouns I want to be used for me and so when people don't use them it's so much worse than it used to be so for example, I live in a women's residence hall because conservative Christian college, woo. Um, which is in general, I mean, it's not great, but in general, it's not terrible either. Like there's no big issues in general. I mean, the freshmen stare at me, but there are nights when guys are allowed to come on the halls to visit the girls' rooms, and those nights are fine because everyone just assumes I'm allowed to be there. And, you know, so that's kind of nice. But other than that, I get stared at quite a bit. But besides that, it's generally not terrible. But my res hall decided to have a worship night for our building, which is fantastic for me because I absolutely love worship services. I love singing. I got asked if I wanted to play my violin for it, which I'm terrible at playing violin, but they asked, so I'll do it. Um, I might get to sing with them eventually, like, I love worship services so much. So I was thrilled when my building decided to have our building worship. But there was a thing that I didn't really take into consideration, and that's the fact that I walked in and we had a speaker. Who I've met before, and she's very, very nice. But she started her talk with... Hello, ladies. And as she was talking about our calling, she kept saying, You're calling as young women of God, and you're calling as a daughter or sister. And just every time she said it, I just felt... Ready for the new metaphor? Completely invisible. And it wasn't just like, I wish I was invisible, but I felt like an invader. I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like I'm the guy who snuck into the girls' locker room type feeling. Um, that's <laughs> That was a horrible metaphor for that because people accuse trans people of that. And that's the whole issue behind a lot of bathroom laws. Anyway, pretend like I didn't say that part. I could edit it out. 
but I'm not going to. I'll leave it there. Because that's honestly how it feels. I felt- I had this just feeling of, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Why am I here? Like, this isn't for me. This is a women's only space, and I shouldn't be here. And I just felt simultaneously like an invader, but also like nobody in the room could see me. And I don't just mean they were ignoring me, or they were pretending like I wasn't there. But like, I'm in a room, surrounded by people, and they're not just walking past me, they're running into me because they just don't even know I'm there. Nobody's directing any words at me. And, ugh, it was terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with good ways of describing this to you. So, imagine being in a room. And there are tons of people that you know and you really care about. And they're all in this room. And they all start filing in. And you're in the middle of the room. They start filing in and they just keep running into you. And they don't look at you. They're not making eye contact with you. They just run into you because they don't know you're there. And they all take their space spots in the room. And then they start having a conversation. But no one is directing anything at you. No one's speaking to you. Everyone's talking past you and over you and through you. They're looking through you to see the person behind you. Nobody knows you're there. It's that feeling. Remember when like you were a little kid and if you have older siblings or younger siblings, you, you probably did this. At one point they got super annoying so then you pretend like you don't even know they're there. Like, oh, they'll say something and you're like, hmm. That must have been the wind, because there's nobody else here. It must be the wind. And everybody knows that a small child can only handle that for like two minutes before they just burst into tears. Because that feeling that you don't exist, that you're imaginary, that nobody sees you, is terrifying. And that's the feeling I got. When she started saying young women and ladies and you're calling as daughters of God, I just... I felt like no one knew I was there and like I wasn't supposed to be there and it was awful <laughs> and it's not that I feel like it was done with any sort of malicious intent because it's not I live in a women's residence hall I know that it was an all-building worship therefore everyone there was a woman but me it's just the f and so it's not that I like I'm angry about it because there's nothing to be angry about it's just simply it's exhausting i left more tired than i went in and that wasn't really the goal but that's how i came up with a better definition or not definition but description of dysphoria this is like the social dysphoria of nobody sees me i don't exist i'm not real and it's isolating and it's terrible and it's not even like well at least I'm invisible so I can leave because that's where it stops I'm invisible so long as I don't make any noise so long as I don't try to leave if the second I try to leave everyone notices and everyone can't figure out why I would be disrupting or it's not like they mean it so why are you doing that why are you causing a problem they didn't mean it to be harsh or transphobic or exclusionary 
They didn't mean it maliciously, so why, why are you making a big deal out of it? And maybe that's just the way I perceive it, but either way. So I am either invisible or I am a disruption. I can't simply exist. And that's really hard. <laughs> and it's, it's definitely gotten worse as I've become more comfortable with myself. And that's, that's something new. So now I'm going to pause and I'm going to read you. I'm talking to you like, like I'm, I'm actually having a conversation and I'm okay with that as long as you're okay with that. So great. I'm going to read you a poem I wrote yesterday about how this feels and it will make more sense now that you have the context of what I'm actually saying because I, I wrote this poem using my, I have these little magnetic words that I make poems with because when I can't think of a poem, it helps to have the words already there and I can just put them together. And this was really hard for me to write a poem about because I would start to feel dysphoric writing about it. <laughs> so this was an easier way for me to do this. It doesn't have a title. So here we go. She said, young women, I was almost broken glass, not smoke or cloud, but a see-through self. She, woman, girl, no one can see this man. I feel those words like a dark ocean of wildfire. The language blaze devouring my voice. I am a hole in their vision, an obscure idea, secret pris prisoner. No lingering look to elucidate my obsequious soul. I can never be fully there to them. It's a short one, but I think it pretty well describes my feelings. Um, so this turned into a little bit of like a dysphoria 101, which is fun. Um, I don't know if I will do, I've been talking a lot more about being trans the past two, three weeks. Um, so I don't know, maybe I'll keep that going. Um, this could be sort of in educational. Why don't we make the month of November educational? Why don't we do that? That sounds fun. So for the next three, four sessions sessions, segments, we will talk about education-y things because I think a lot of people don't know and are scared to ask. So I think this will be a good way to fix that, maybe. Um, that being said, if you have questions that you would specifically like me to answer in these upcoming segments, go over to Twitter at, at Mac of a few. I say this every week, I know. But seriously, if you have questions that you would like to have answered, and I am a person who I am specifically saying you can ask me questions, any question, um, there might be some that I'll decline to answer. It's not likely though, because in general I'm very comfy um, answering most questions. I will, however, tell you if it's not a question you should ask anyone else ever. But I'll probably still answer it so that you get the information. Um, so if you have those questions, seriously, go over to Twitter, at Mac of a few, and send me your questions. You can either just tweet them publicly to me or send me a message, one or the other. We hit 102 plays in October, which is really, really cool, and I really, really appreciate it. But I want to kind of see if we can break that for November. I think we can. So with that... I will 
talk to you next time. My name is Mac, and this has been Master of a Few. Have a brilliant day. Bye.